are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. You know, four years ago, um, I had kind of a crazy thing happen. I came home and told you about it. But uh, one night, Annette and I were in Branson, Missouri for a conference that would start the next day. And we were out for dinner with some friends. And uh, after dinner, they were leaving the restaurant. Annette and I told them goodbye. We went to the restroom. We came out of the restrooms. And I said to her, you should not, you should wait. You should not go with me. Let me go get the car. It's, I had to park a little bit of ways away. And so, so I'm leaving the restaurant to go get the car. I'm running. Um, it, it's kind of crazy, but, but one minute I'm running to my car. The next minute I'm laying in the parking lot and I've broken my leg. And so um, it, was just, it was just surreal. I didn't really know what had happened. Um, my phone was in my hand. It had flown way beyond me. I, I could not get to it. Um, I'm laying there. I, I feel numb from my hips down, but I don't really know what's happened to me. And so finally, uh, a car is coming out of the parking lot, and I think if I can roll over on my side because I'm laying on my stomach, if I roll over my side, maybe I can get my arm up. And I can stop this car. They can see me. When I rolled over, my head is looking down, and I saw my leg. And that's when I think I realized my leg was broken. My, my femur was broken at the neck. And so, and so when, when I waved, these people did see me. It was a senior adult couple. They got out of their van, and they stood inside the doors of their van, both of them. And, and they, they said, what's wrong? And I said, I've, I've broken my leg. Um, I need your help. My wife's in the lobby of the restaurant. You know, could you get her for me? It's dark. It's cold. I'm sure they're struggling to see me very well. And so he said, what's your name? And I said, Rick. He goes in the restaurant to get Annette. His wife, this precious senior adult lady, comes over. And my head is just kind of hanging to the side as I'm laying on my side. And, and I love to share what she did for me. She got on her knees and she interlocks her fingers, and she slides her hand under my head and just kind of lifts my head and cradles it there in her hands. It was one of the greatest acts of love I've ever experienced in my life. Annette came out, called the ambulance. They were there within minutes. They were just not far away at all. Um, they kind of did a quick exam. They put a gurney behind me. The guy said, I'm going to count to three, and we're going to roll you over. He started counting, and I started begging and uh, to no avail, when they rolled me over, the only thing louder than the siren of the ambulance was my screaming that night. Picked me up, put me in the ambulance, and this little couple comes over to Annette, and now the couple that we had eaten with actually heard me yelling and had come back. And, um, and she said, let me pray with you. Would that be okay? And so she prayed. And Annette said after the prayer, my husband will love it that you prayed because he's a pastor. And the little lady said to my wife, she said, will you just tell your husband that a couple of old Methodists will be praying for him? <laughs> now, the reason I'm telling you this story today is because since then, I've told the story as often as I could. And, and it's been kind of common that, that people have said, do, do you know who they were? And no, we didn't ask for a name. 
And that says I just wasn't in that state of mind to think, to say, you know, where are you from or anything like that. And, and several people have said, do you think maybe they were angels? And, and I've always responded with the same response. And I've said, no, I think they were just Methodist. <laughs> and every time I've said it, people have laughed like you just did. I think we're throwing off on the Methodist a little bit maybe. I don't know. So what is an angel anyway? Because today we write, light a candle that not only represents love, but it's called the angel's candle. So if I, if I gave you a definition of an angel, um, and this would come out of most any dictionary, I'll put it on the screen for you. Um, it's going to come, I promise you, just any minute. I think something's wrong or it would have been there by now. Um, the definition of an angel would be this. A spiritual being believed to act as a messenger of God, okay? So a spiritual, give it up for my man Donnie, would you? He's always on the spot for me. It, it just helps when you turn them on, doesn't it? Yeah. So an angel is a spiritual being believed to be an agent or a messenger of God. So, so that, that, that couple who came to my aid on that cold, dark night, I believe they were as human as I am. But I also believe that they were sent by God to remind me that he sees me, that he knows me, and that he loves me. So here's what I want to talk to you about today. And, and I not only bring this to you from personal experience, and I not only bring it to you from the passage of Scripture that I'm, that I'm sharing with you this morning, but I also bring it to you from many other passages of Scripture, and it's simply this, that God sometimes sends a messenger to remind us that he loves us. All right? So I, I, I know we're a little discombobulated here this morning, and, and my mind and your mind is not as, as focused as it would normally be, uh, but I want you to focus with me here, okay? I don't want to give you those words one more time. Here's what the bottom line is today. God sometimes sends a messenger to remind us that he loves us. Yeah. Do you know there's been many times in my life when I've walked away from someone and I have thought to myself, God sent you to me today. I needed to hear what you have to say. Many times. I've walked away from a conversation or I've walked away from a sermon or I've walked away from a testimony and sometimes it's when I've walked away from a song and I've said to myself, God sent you to me today. I needed to hear what you had to say. So when I think about what I want, what I want is God's love. I mean, if you ask me, what do you really want? Or what is something you just cannot live your life without? I would say, well, it's, it's God's love. 
So let me take you to the scripture this morning, okay? To the gospel of Luke chapter 2. I'll begin reading with verse 8. Here we go. And I love reading the story to you. It's full of everything. And so I think you'll love the story. And then we'll work our way through it. Here we go. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. Now, the reason it says they were living out in the fields is because they were living out in the fields. That's where they live. They still do today. They're called Bedouins. They're all over Israel, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people, because today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Notice the language. A Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. What's the sign? You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. The manger is the sign. And then suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, well, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and they found Joseph and they found the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So I'm going to say something, and I think you ought to brace yourself for what I'm about to say. And you're going to have to process after I say this to you. So just letting you know that it's coming. Are you ready? Okay. An angel appeared to me recently. You doing okay? I know there's doubters. I know that's hard to process. I know that's saying a lot. But it's true. Fortunately, for those of you who are struggling, I had my phone with me. I grabbed it as quickly as I could to snap a picture. And here's the picture of the angel. <laughs> now, if that's not God sending that messenger to let me know how much he loves me by giving me her, I don't know what is. Oh, she's an angel sent by God, and she hates this moment right now. Yeah. Do, do you pause about the whole angel thing? The whole supernatural thing? Does it cause you to pull back a bit? There is in our world a belief, a thought, a philosophy of naturalism. Naturalism says 
that everything arises and is caused by what is natural, excluding the supernatural. In other words, naturalism would say supernatural does not exist. There is no such thing. It is not predominant. There is another belief, another way of thinking that is becoming uh, popular in American society. According to the Pew Research Center, let me put this on the screen for you, 27% of U.S. adults, now you got to think about this, this is a fourth of U.S. adults think of themselves as being spiritual but not religious. In other words, they're saying, I'm not struggling with spiritual or the possibility of supernatural, but I am struggling with religion. They're not identifying as atheists who don't believe. They prefer the word spiritual. Spiritual has more positive connotations. There, there is meaning in life. There is some sense of sacredness in life. There is depth to life. But they have not bought into the faith of their parents, and they have not accepted Scripture as truth, the Bible as truth, or authoritative in any way, but they have not excluded the possibility of God. They've walked away from the church, organized religion, and identified themselves as, I'm spiritual, but not religious. What does God do for us when we struggle to believe? Sometimes God sends a messenger. Here's what I love about the Advent story. In, in the Advent story, it doesn't happen on one occasion, but it happens on four occasions. In the Advent story, you have four times when God sends a messenger to convince someone of his love, his plan, and reveals himself to them. And, and in every one of the occasions, there is a pattern, okay? And here's what the pattern looks like. The angel appears. The person is filled with fear. The angel comforts them. And then the angel delivers the message. He makes the announcement. You with me? Here's the pattern. You ready? So the angel appears. The person becomes afraid. The angel comforts them and tells them, don't be afraid. And then the angel delivers the announcement, the message. And, and so we see it first with Zechariah, the priest, who becomes the father of John the Baptist. You remember he's in the temple ministering. The angel appears. He becomes afraid. The angel comforts him and says, don't be afraid. And then the angel makes the announcement. Your, your wife Elizabeth, who is barren, is going to bear a child. You're to give him the name John, and he's going to go before the Lord. 
And then you see the same story when the angel appears to Mary. It's also Gabriel, the one who appeared to Zechariah. Mary is afraid. The angel comforts her and says, do not be afraid, and then makes the announcement. You will conceive. You will have a child, a son. You're to give him the name Jesus. And then poor Joseph doesn't know what to do. He's caught kind of in the middle of all of that, and the angel appears to Joseph, and the angel, when it appears, Joseph is afraid. The angel comforts Joseph. Don't be afraid. And then the angel delivers the announcement. Take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It's okay, Joseph. Why does God send a messenger? And I believe this is why. If God had not sent a messenger, we may have never been convinced of his love for us. If if he hadn't sent the messenger, would we ever have been convinced of his love? The the, the point that I'm trying to make is it's, it's, it's God's grace, God's prevenient grace. It is all God. It is God coming to us. It is God revealing his love to us. It is God making himself known to us. It is God reaching down to us. It is God coming to us. It is God, it is God loving on us. I remember a few years ago, we, we had a sermon series here called Thin Places. Anybody remember sermon series called Thin Places? Got about four hands, maybe a few more. The, the inspiration for the sermon series was after I read a story about a Celtic Irish monk who was later named Saint Columba. He lived about 1,500 years ago, and he was spreading the gospel through Scotland, an Irish Celtic monk spreading the gospel through Scotland. And one day while he was praying for a certain community that he was trying to share the gospel with, he had an experience that he described as a thin place. A thin place, according to St. Columba would be that, that time in history when heaven and earth seemed near, where the distance from God seemed to vanish. When, when you feel like you're standing on holy ground, when the curtain that separates heaven from earth seems very sheer. And you sense in a very profound way the holy. Divinity. God's presence. Now, think with me about this. I don't know in all creation that that there is a more mysterious or exalted being than an angel. You agree? I mean, of all that God created, I can't think of anything more mysterious as a good word, don't you think, or exalted than an angel. 
but think with me about this. In the ancient world, there was no people group more lowly than a shepherd. You see the contrast? But in that moment, heaven and earth met. And it became a very thin place. I, I can't imagine. So last Sunday we came together and, and all of our, our, our people who participate in, in worship arts just gave us a beautiful service. And, uh, and I'll just tell you, you know, just being transparent, um, I've, I've never really longed to hear four dudes sing an operatic song. It's, it's not my thing. But I was crying by the end of it. And I probably have listened to it ten times since then, you know. But Luke tells the story and says... That, that after the angel appeared, then a heavenly host appeared with the angel and began praising God. And as awesome as last Sunday was, it will pale greatly in comparison to what the shepherds experienced on the hillside that night. A very thin place knowing that they were in the presence of the holy. And the distance between them and God seemed to vanish, and the distance between heaven and earth seemed to disappear, and the curtain that divides heaven and earth seemed very sheer, and all of a sudden they found themselves in the presence of God. What happens when you experience the presence of God? And how do you respond to the presence of God? For the shepherds, they obeyed. They said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing. They spread the word about everything they had been told about, they, they couldn't stop talking about it. They kept telling people. And they praised God for everything they had seen and heard. I, I think the question that I have for you this morning, and I think it's the question that we've all got to kind of cozy up to and kind of just live in for a few minutes before we walk out the doors today, is simply this. When you came to realize that God loved you, how did you respond? When, when you came to this place in your life that you realized that God is good and God is love and God loves and cares about you and God sees you, God hears you, God knows you, how, how did you respond? It must have been a thin place when you came to realize that God cares about you. You know. 
So this morning, I, I wanted us to, to end our time together by praying, responding. Some of you have a story to tell, and your story is, Rick, this is who God sent to me to show me that he loved me. So maybe this morning, there's somebody who God has spoken to you through his word, and you want to respond. You have something to say to God now that God has said something to you. It could be that you came into the room this morning carrying a pretty heavy load. And, um, and you want to pray. You want God's help. It, it, it could be this morning that you would not identify yourself as a Christian. You, you would not say to someone, I'm right with God, but I want to be. And, and this morning, you want to be right with God. God has convinced you that he loves you, and you want to respond by accepting his love and asking for forgiveness of your sins, which separate you from God. And you want all of that gone, and you want to be right with God today. That can happen right here. My friends, Rick and Debbie Raines, have a little grandson, Owen, who is only a few months old, and he is just in the last hour been placed on a ventilator with RSV at Children's Hospital, and I told them that we would pray for Owen today. It may be that <clears throat> you have a sickness or that someone you love is sick and you want to pray for them today. It might be that you have a family member that's in trouble or that you're concerned for and you want to pray for them. I think what I'm trying to say this morning is that, is that God has done everything he can. He's even sent angels to tell us that he loves us. He sees you. He hears you. Your concerns are his concerns, and you can bring them to him today. And so in a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing. And if you want to come forward to pray, you're welcome to. I'm going to ask a few pastors just to come down and stand around the front. If you guys and gals will, that will be a blessing if you'll come now. And there is oil at the end of each altar. And if you want to be anointed to be prayed for, they would be happy to pray for you this morning and pray with you. So let's stand and sing, and if you want to come and pray, I encourage you to do so. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.